Good morning, and welcome to the Bronx region of the New York City Church of Christ. We're glad you're able to join us today for our worship time, and we hope that this will be a good time of encouragement, challenge, and inspiration for each of us. You know, the theme for us as we continue this year is finishing strong. And that's what we want to focus on. How can I finish strong? What do I need to do to finish this year and get myself ready for next year as strong as I possibly can? Well, today I want us to start in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 2. And here's where God is talking to Moses as Moses is leading the Israelites through the desert. Deuteronomy chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 1. It says, Then we turned back and set out toward the desert along the route to the Red Sea, as the Lord had directed me. For a long time, we made our way around the hill country of Seir. The Lord said to me, You have made your way around this hill country long enough. Now turn north. Give the people these orders. You are about to pass through the territory of your brothers, the descendants of Esau, who lived in Seir. They will be afraid of you, but be very careful. You ever feel like your life is just going in circles? Actually, the Israelites were going in circles. But have you ever felt like, you know, you, you tried something new and as you started doing it, you found yourself right back where you started once before? See, nothing in life stays the same. Things are always going to change. But the real issue is, is it going to change for the better or for the worse? And that's what we have to focus on. Things are going to change. But how are they going to change for me? And see, when change comes, we have to embrace it or we have to fight against it or we have to do what we can to influence it to help us grow. God told Moses, he said, prophesy to the people, tell them change is going to come. You've gone this way long enough. Change is going to come. And he said, you need to tell them this because they need to take part of it and cooperate in the process of change. See, this is what he told them. Again, Deuteronomy 2, verse 3. You have made your way around this hill country long enough. See, in other words, you've been in your life cycle. You've been in this predicament long enough. It's time to change. It's time to change. You know, you've been in your financial situation or your health situation or your marriage, you may be in some situation uh, spiritually that you've been there long enough and now it's time to change. See, whatever the case may be, when God says it's long enough, it's long enough. It's time for a change in our lives. So have you been in your situation long enough? Are you ready for a change? Are you tired of being sick and tired? See, this is the real question we have to face. Are you tired of being in a, in a cycle of anxiety, a cycle of depression? Are you tired of being that same kind of person? God says you circled the mountain long enough. You've circled this hill country long enough. In other words, it's been too long that you've been doing the same thing. So you need to tell yourself, self, it's been long enough. It's time to make a change. Now, I know that some people are facing some situations that to them seems impossible. 
And it might be without God. And I know some people are facing even legal situations that we're like praying for the situation to, uh, to change. You know, some people are in need of a miracle in their finances. We all have situations in our life that need to change. But I want you to remember this. We serve a God who is a God of turnarounds. That's all he's been doing from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. It's been a God of turnarounds. And one of these turnarounds I want us to focus on as we start today's lesson is in Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel 37. This is the valley of dry bones. Now, it's a situation that just looks hopeless. It looks impossible beyond the point of man doing anything to change it. But then the man of God prophesied to these bones, these dry bones, and then something started to happen. Look in Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 7 through 10. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise of rattling sound and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath prophecy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath entered them and they came to life and stood up on their feet as a vast army. The situation turned around completely. A valley of dry bones, just bones sitting there. But then after it prophesied, after God worked, all of a sudden those dry bones connected, flesh came over it and there stood a vast army ready for battle. See, they didn't just come together. They came together bone to bone, tenant to tenant, just the way God planned for them to come together. This is what God does. He is a God of turnarounds. And we have to make a decision. You know what? It's time to change. Something has got to change. And I know even sitting right there, Wherever you are, you know there's something in your life that you really want to change. Well, it's time for that change to happen. Maybe it's going to change just in your mind, which leads to you living a different way. Maybe it's a change emotionally. Maybe it's a change in your marriage. Your marriage was headed for the rocks and now it's headed for the rock. You got to understand, we are here today because a change needs to happen. Enough is enough. It is time for a change. Maybe you're going to be like Star Trek. Take a journey where no man has gone before. That you're going to be that person to go into uncharted territory. A change has got to happen. Enough is enough. So let's talk about making this change so we can end this year the way God wants us to. And to have next year be what God wants us to be. Point number one. In order for us to, to have this change, first, we got to let it go. What do you mean? We have to let it go. What is it? Let's talk about it. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. 
Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. See, this scripture tells us that God is doing something fresh, something new. But the condition requires us in order to receive the new. We've got to let go of the old. We've got to let it go. We've got to let go of the past. So what are we letting go of? The old, the past, the hurts, all those things that can hold us back. Because one of the biggest hindrances for us to change, for us to finish strong, is our memory. Our memory. We have a tendency to want to drag the past into the future. That's what we do many, many, many times. And the only way to get the new is to let go of the old. The only way to move forward in the future is to let go of the past. Second Kings chapter two, verse 11 and 12. This is when Elijah and Elisha was together traveling down. And Elisha said, hey, I want a double portion of your spirit. And this is what happens. Second Kings chapter two, verse 11 and 12. As they were walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried, my father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them apart. See, when Elijah ascended up into heaven, Elisha prepared himself for a double portion of Elijah's spirit. Now, how did he do that? He ripped off his old clothes. He ripped them off. He stripped himself of his old as the new was able to come upon him. He took hold of his his clothes, ripped them off. He took hold of the old and prepared himself for the new. See, to get the new, you're going to have to separate yourself from the old. What do you mean? You got to separate yourself mentally. From some of the old things you used to do. Old things you used to see. You have to separate yourself emotionally. Spiritually. Even physically. It's kind of like when you become a Christian. You got to separate yourself from the life you used to live. And live a whole new life. Well it doesn't just happen once. We have many conversions in our life. So even as a Christian. You may be a Christian 3 years. 10 years. 30 years. You still have to separate yourself from the old. Well, what do you mean? Well, even things that have happened in the church, you're going to have to separate yourself from those things. See, in other words, we have to let go of certain things. Even sometimes our Christian friendships. Sometimes we have to move away and, okay, I need some new Christian friendships. Not that you just get rid of them and never talk to them again. No, they're still your brother or sister in Christ. You still need to love them. But sometimes when we mature, we need to also start seeking other people that are more mature, that can help us to grow. We can't just stay with the same people all of our lives. We've got to do some things and change some things if we really want to grow. The fact of the matter is, it's time for a change. You know, some Christians have destroyed the good things that have come into their lives because they only see things through the lenses of past hurts, 
past discouragements, past wounds. See, it doesn't matter what somebody did to you in the past. You still got to let it go. It doesn't matter if they said something to you that was rude or disrespectful. You still got to let it go. You can't embrace the new if you're holding on to the old. It doesn't matter if they didn't call you back, if they didn't text you, if they didn't push like on your Facebook picture. You got to let it go. There are so many things you have to let it go of. You say, but I can't. No, it's not that you can't. It's that you don't want to. We have to let it go. Why? Because there's time. It's time for a change. Now, now let me stop here for a minute and and help you grab some here. If there's something in your life that shouldn't be there, you got to let it go. See, there's some sin in your life that you're doing. You got to stop. You got to let it go. Listen, you can't play around with the world and have the power of heaven at the same time. Not going to happen. You can't indulge yourself in the world and think that God's just going to bless. No, no. My mom used to always say, you can't sleep with the devil and expect God to pay the rent. It's not going to happen like that. You can't shack up with the devil and expect God just to bless and to take care of everything. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. It's time now to even break some of those bad habits. How are you going to have a great new year in 2022? You deal with things in 2021. That's what it's like. It's like raising a kid. How do you help the kid become a great four, five, six, seven year old? You deal with them in the terrible twos. It's important for us to deal with things now and not just try to wait to the last minute like, oh, this is just going to work out because I'm a Christian. You have to put forth the effort. Some people are caught up in tradition to the point that they can't even enjoy the now because God is doing the now in a different way. See, they're thinking it should be like this. But God is saying, no, 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 no. It's going to be like this. And we can't enjoy the new direction because we're so stuck in the past of how it must be. See, some people are standing on the edge of a miracle. There's some people listening right now and you know in your heart that you want to change something. Some people are struggling on the fence of yes and no. I want to change it. I don't know if I can. Some people are struggling with "Mm, am I struggling or am I stressing over this? Some people are, are am I wrestling with the blessing or am I wrestling with faithlessness? See, We got to understand God wants us to be successful. He let Jesus die so we can have life to the full. He doesn't want us struggling. But there are times in our lives that we have to say enough is enough. It's time for things to change. See, the truth is most of us have been at this place before and we got right on the edge where we could almost grab the victory, grab the chains, and it didn't happen. The blessings of victory was right there and it didn't happen. We've been close to having a prodigal child return home and it didn't happen. We've been close to having that healing miracle that we desire and it didn't happen. We've been close to writing that book, making that CD we wanted to put out and it didn't happen. We've been so close and it didn't happen that it started to shut us down and make us lose faith. So you have to tell yourself enough is enough. 
I'm not going to let Satan keep shutting me down. I'm not going to let Satan keep me from enjoying the blessings. We have to do all we can to get those blessings. See, we've all, all been at a place before. For one reason or another, we failed to change. Why? Why do we fail to change? A couple of reasons. One could just be fear of the unknown. If I change, what is that really going to look like? What's going to really happen? What are people going to say? How are people going to treat me? If I change, if I quit being inward and become a bubbly person, what are they going to think? Is something wrong with me? We have so many fears that stop us from embracing the blessings that God has for us. Another reason that we don't change is because of our past hurts. Just like I said earlier, our disappointments in the past, unwise decisions we've had, bad advice that we've had. You say, yeah, I've gotten bad. We've all gotten bad advice. Now, let's turn that coin around. We've all given bad advice. See, we can't just sit and stay stuck on, I got bad advice. We've given bad advice too. This is where grace and mercy comes in. We can't say because I got hurt when I was younger as a Christian, I'm never going to do this again. No. Guys, I've had some bad pizza in my life. Does that mean I'm never going to eat pizza again? Absolutely not. I'm going to tear some pizza up. Now, here's a, here's a, here's a situation. We've got to say enough is enough. We cannot keep letting the past control our future. I'm reminded of a man in the Bible who's at the pool of Bethsaida. You remember this story as I talk about it. Uh, the pool that will be stirred by an angel and the first person that gets in gets healed of whatever they have uh, an illness of. Now, I'm sure Satan has came, come after this man many times. There he was. Uh, an invalid. He couldn't get into the pool. And yet he saw person after person being blessed, their life being changed. And I'm sure Satan played with his mind. And Satan told him, you know what? You will never succeed. You'll never get to the pool. You'll never have a change in your life. You'll never have a job. You'll never have a family. You are going to stay this way all your life. And I'm sure it played with his mind. Until one day when Jesus stood before him. John chapter 5, verse 3 through 8. John 5, 3 through 8. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he said to him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes on ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And once the man was cured, he picked up his mat and walked. Here he is. He's by the pool and Jesus enters this life. And Jesus says, once he found out his situation, he says, do you want to get well? What was Jesus saying? Do you want to change? The man said, I want to change, but nobody's going to help me. Everybody gets in there before I get in there. I need people to help me, but it's not happening. Jesus looked at him and said, you know what? I've heard all your excuses. My question is, do you want to get well?
Jesus healed this man right then and there. And you know what? There was not enough disease in the world to make him sick again. There was not enough poverty in the world to make this man broke. There was not enough demons in hell to make this man feel bound once again. Nothing could keep him down because he had received the blessing from Jesus. Listen to me. The only thing that can keep you from being blessed is you. That's it. The only thing that could keep this man an invalid was this man. So now the question for you is this. Do you want to get well? The only person that can keep you in your situation is you. Not your spouse. We can blame our spouses for everything. They're not. They can't keep you in that situation. It's up to you to make a change. We can blame our kids. It's not your kids fault. It's up to you whether or not you're going to stay in that position. We can blame our our bosses, our jobs, the government, CNN, Facebook, Fox News, TikTok, Snapchat. We can blame everybody. But you know what? Each of us, we have control issues and we always want control. Well, now you have it. The fact of the matter is Jesus is saying, do you want to get well? You are in control of whether or not you change. You are in control. People wanted control for so long. Now you have it. Are you going to change and be more like Jesus? It is only your decision. You know, a couple walked into a pizza place one buffet night. And the food bar was full of pizza, spaghetti, breadsticks, cheese sticks. And it had a whole salad bar sitting there, too. The guy said, well, we have two buffets, please. It was about 10 minutes after eight. And the guy that worked there said, sorry, the buffet closes at eight o'clock. He said, thank you. And he left and went to another restaurant. His wife said, well, why did we leave? He said, I refuse to sit at a place where I can see it and smell it, but I can't take of it and take possession of it. In other words, it's not enough to be close to it. It's not enough to be able to smell it. It's not enough to be able to see it. It's not enough to sit around and watch others enjoy it. What I'm saying is this. We can frustrate our own faith if we just sit on the edge and not partake in what could be ours. Some of us do this spiritually. We do this very thing. We walk around the buffet table of God's blessings. We see it. We smell it. We watch others enjoy it, but we ourselves don't change and take part in what's going on. And see, this is where we come to the fact that it's up to each of us to make a decision to change. And then here's the problem. Somebody else comes in. They sacrifice. They change. They sit at the buffet table of God's blessings. They get to eat. They get to enjoy it. They're having a time of their life. And instead of being glad for them, we get mad. Why? Because they got what we wanted. Because they were willing to change and make a move when it was time to make a move. And we weren't willing to pay the price. See, faith will never be satisfied just to look at something. 
faith does more than talk about it. Faith wants to be involved in it. See, this is what we've got to understand. At some point, we got to say enough is enough. I am tired of being angry all the time. I'm going to get to root the root problem of my anger. How? I'm going to talk to people. I'm going to do whatever I can to get to the root of my anger. I'm tired of being angry all the time. We got to say, you know what? I'm tired of my finances being like this. You know what? I got to go get a job. That's what I have to do. I have to get a job. There's 80, 90 year old people working. How come I can't go and get a job? I'm healthy enough to get a job. I have to change. Enough is enough. You know what we got to say? I've had enough of being lazy. I, I, I've got to start being on time. I'm late for church even when it's in my own house. Enough is enough. I've got to start being on time. I've got to quit being lazy. See, you need to claim your blessing. God said, I let Jesus die so you can be blessed. You need to claim your blessing. You need to say, this blessing is mine. I want it. We know that J.J. Wentworth commercial this is my money and I want it now. We need to say, you know what? This is my blessing, Satan, and I want it now. I don't want you stopping me from getting my blessing. We need to take hold of our blessing. But then you say, wait a minute, that sounds so prideful. I don't want to say that. Well, you know what? Those excuses you make sound worse. You need to be faithful and take possession of the blessings that God has for you. You know, 40 years, that generation walked around in the desert with Moses. And they walked around until that generation died out. That faithless generation died out. All they could do for 40 years was talk about what it was like back in the past. The food they had back in Egypt. The way things were. How they had life. That's all they did was talk about the past. But I'm telling you right now, it's time to make a move. It's time to quit talking about how things was, could have been, should have been. It's time for us to make a change. See, if you don't make a move, you're going to frustrate your faith. You've circled the mountain long enough. It's time. It's time to make a change. You say, so how do I change? Point number two, as we close out here, how do you change? I'm going to give you three words to help you understand how you change. Discipling, discipling, discipling. That's how you change. Let me break it down for you. Make it real clear. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17. You say, oh, I know this scripture. Great. Let's read it together. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17. It says, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We change by letting God's word change us. How does that happen? One, you got to read your Bible Two, you got to let somebody else help you by using God's word. You say, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't feel good when somebody else talks to me in such a strong way or, or that direct. Okay, well, let me also be clear with you. The Bible doesn't say you're going to feel good when you're corrected. Let me read the scripture to you again, just to make sure we're talking about the same thing. 
2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. All scriptures God breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. That said nothing about you're going to feel good about that correction. You've got to feel good about that rebuke. No, it doesn't say that. It doesn't talk about your feelings. It's not that your feelings are irrelevant, but when it comes to obeying God, yeah, you need to obey the word of God. It's not about how you feel. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1. You say, oh, I was liking this message till you made that point. Well, here, let me help you out. Proverbs 12, verse 1. It says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Now, biblically speaking, if you hate correction, you're stupid. You say, well, I don't want nobody calling me stupid. Them fighting words. You ain't got to fight me. God said, if you hate correction, you're stupid. Change will never occur if we hate correction. Why? Because we're acting stupid. We should want to be corrected so we can be better, so we can change, so we can grow. The Bible says scripture is used to correct people. You don't like to be corrected? Well, I just got to be honest with you. You're acting stupid. Now, the second part of this is that you have to go after discipling. See, we have to get discipled, but we have to go after discipling. Ephesians 4, verse 15. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. Speaking the truth in love helps each of us become more like Christ. We need to be honest with each other. We need to be truthful with each other. Now, we need to keep it biblical. It's not about here's my opinion. Here's my feelings. No, 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 no. It says the word of God is useful for teaching. So we need to go to the word of God and we need to teach, correct and train each other. See, if we're not changing, then the fruit of the spirit that God gave us is going to dry up and become rotten. If you're not changing, if you're not allowing God to fertilize that fruit, it's going to dry up and become rotten. Rotten fruit is nasty. It's not good. Now, for me to have an opportunity to have some great ripe fruit or some rotten fruit, if I choose rotten fruit, I'm stupid. I'm not being corrected, so I become stupid. It's important for us to do all we can to make a decision. I'm going to change. I'm going to have discipline. I'm going to give discipline. I'm going to invite people into my life who are spiritual to help me change. Now, the point of the sermon is this. Enough is enough. In other words, it's time to change. No more excuses. No more stupidity. We need to embrace correction. Biblical correction helps you be like Jesus. If you want to be like Jesus and you want to be spiritual, let spiritual people into your life. Don't fight it. Don't get defensive. Don't get all irate and upset and quit talking to people and go call somebody and go text somebody. Did you hear this? And this was it. That's worldly. That's not what we need in God's church. What we need 
is people that say enough is enough. When I became a Christian, I said Jesus is Lord. Then that's what we need to let Jesus be Lord. We said we'll go anywhere. We'll do anything for God. We didn't say if I feel good, I'll do something. If I understand it all, I'll no, we committed our lives to God. As long as it's biblical, we need to follow it. Don't be stupid. Allow discipling. Be corrected. But tell yourself and Satan enough is enough. And I'm going to be different. I hope this has helped you. I hope this has prepped you, getting you ready for how we're going to have the rest of this year and for next year. We're not going to have a bad next year. It's going to be better than ever. The best years of our lives. But we've got to start now preparing for next year. I hope this really helped you and inspired you. I love you. Thank you for joining us today. And to God be the glory.